0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lean In Podcast, where we are leaning in to the subject of leadership, trying to get a little bit better in our leadership. Make sure that you subscribe to wherever, whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on subscribe to our podcast and make sure you don't miss any of them. By the way, this is the final episode of season 1. That's right people, we're doing 3 seasons this year. Season 1, season 2, season 3. This is episode 6 of season 1. We will take the munch of the month, the munch. That's pretty cool. The month of April off for the podcast and then we will resume May 1 with the emails and the podcast. We're excited. We have some amazing we have to be honest, we have some amazing guests coming on in season 2. I mean, probably the best lineup. But today The one and only, the GOAT. You're going to hear me say this in the podcast. The GOAT. The greatest leadership teacher of all time, in my opinion. This is my opinion. None other than the great. He has written 86 books, people. Dr. John Maxwell is in the house. Make sure you like, subscribe, share this one. This is the guy. This is the one. This is the guy in 1999. My dad started feeding me his content when I was in Bible college, and I have been listening to and reading this guy's material for so long. When we started this podcast, never in a million years did I think, oh yeah, we'll start Leadership Lean In, and for sure, John Maxwell will come on. No way, no how. I can't believe it. We are so honored. So come on. Let's check it out. Dr. John Maxwell, Leadership Lean In, episode six, season one. Let's go. Oh, the one and only dr John Maxwell thank you so much for taking the time to be with us
1: it's great to be with you Chad I'm still looking for the one and only but John's here until we find until we find the hey until we find the one and only do you mind if I just talk to you about leadership <laughs> a little bit how's that huh?
0: you are you know you are in the stage of life where you get an emoji next to your name you realize that and the emoji next to your name is a goat. You're the greatest of all time. You are, you've are. you become that. Like, all in the office today, I'm like, Dr. John Maxwell is doing leadership lean-in. I never thought in a million years we'd have you. You're the goat. What does it feel like to have an emoji next to your name?
1: Well, I, I, you know, when I was young, I had a goat beside me too, but it wasn't the greatest of all time. It was just, there's old Billy goat out there and, you know, he's just chewing and hacking away and he probably isn't going to amount to anything. So, you know, yeah, I guess that you, you go from goat to goat, I guess, after a while, but I, you know what? Chad, just to be with you and to be with the people that love your leadership and, and follow you and, and are part of this podcast, it's just a real joy. Thanks for having me. I mean, we're friends. When I can help you, you know how to get me.
0: You you got my number. Call me. You're the best. Well, we just... Um you know, had a terrific lunch together uh, a few weeks ago in West Palm and, uh, you know, just having a meal with you, being on the pod. Anytime I can be around you, my life is better. My leadership is better. And if there's anybody that I'm listening to when they're talking, it is you. I think I told you this, but the first time I ever spent time with you, I was, I I just, I was tripping out because I thought I was in my car because I listened to you in my car. When I drive, it's your voice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: in fact, so I, 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 want, I want to talk because no, no exaggeration. When I'm in the car, I'm listening to your audiobooks. Right now, I'm listening to your newest book, Change Your World. Talk to me about this book. I'm loving the everything I'm getting out of it, all of the content. Talk to me about the genesis and the excitement you have about your newest book. Well, Chad,
1: first of all, um, you know, in the Genesis begins, you know, when I was in my twenties, uh, I literally had a, 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 person, uh, a, in fact, a, a staff member give me a book for Christmas. And the outside title was the greatest story ever told. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And I opened up the book much to my surprise, the pages were blank and her name was Eileen. I looked at her and said, it says the greatest story ever told on the outside. There's nothing on the inside. And she said, well, go to the front cover. And I turned to it and she'd written me a note. Basically, the note said, John, your life is before you. You fill these pages with your dreams, your hopes, your desires. You write the greatest story ever told. And and so this was before I ever wrote a book. I took that book home with me. And the next day, the first thing I wrote on the first page was, I want to make a difference. I just don't want to make a difference. I I, I didn't mm. know Chad how I was going to make a difference. I didn't know mm. when I was going to make a difference. I didn't know. I didn't even, I didn't even know why I wanted to make a difference, but I knew one thing. I wanted to make a difference. And so when people ask me about this book, Change Your World, mm. and they say, you know, where did it start? It, it started in my heart, you know, at, at this, what would well, that be 50 years ago? And, 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 and what's beautiful is, um, is that I have learned and grown throughout my whole life. It, it, it's kind of like this book could not have been written until until now. Wow! Because to 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 write a book on change your world is quite odd, really quite audacious if you think about it. it you're just kind of saying, "Well, let me help you change your world." Well, who are you? And, and and so the things that I write about it, and 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 Rob Hoskins co-wrote it with me. By the way, he's terrific. But the things we wrote about it were, were things that can help a person really make a difference in their life. And in a nutshell, and by the way, I didn't say it changed the world—that's overwhelming. I said change your world. But right. in but in, in a nutshell, I talk about the fact that um, that that hope has two beautiful daughters: anger and courage. Anger at the thing, the way things are, encouraged to make a difference. And this, if if you kind of say, you know, I'm angry about the way things are, and 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 I have courage to try to make a difference, then this is your book. If if that's not where you are, really, you need to go read someone else's book because this is this is for people who really do want to make a difference. And and the the essence of the book is that you can change your world if people can learn and live good values. Mm. And um, what we've discovered, and by the way, this is not a theory. We've been in other countries for seven years. We've done this with millions of people in small groups now. And so we know what really works. And and what's beautiful, what's beautiful, Chad, is that when people learn good values and they begin to live them, they become more valuable. They become more valuable to themselves. They become more valuable to the family. They Great. become more valuable to the co-workers. And, and so now there is what I call a values lift. Mm. And so this book is all about... We have to be able, we have a values deficit in most people's life. We have to be able to to teach and, and, and share good values. And and we do it through a table. We do it through small groups. In fact, you change your world one table at a time. Yep. So all we're really asking for people to do, in fact, I I've been in the studio all day. So I've been talking about that, but I mean this is the book right here, Change the world. But 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 what we're asking people to do is just read the book. And then start and start a table, just start a, uh, what we call transformation table. And by the way, all the material—it's all online. It's all free. I mean, uh, in other words, this is huge. This can make a difference in your life. And 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 you, but but here's why the table works. Here's here's why small groups work. A few years ago, I was asked by the United Nations to op- do the opening session when all the um, all the ambassadors of the countries came back. So I talked to all the ambassadors of the world for two hours on leadership. Mm, mm. And and, and of course they're coming from different backgrounds, different uh, types of government, different cultures. And I kept thinking, wow, what am I gonna say that can keep them all on the same page with me? Mm. And so I did a two hour teaching that day on three questions that followers ask of their leaders. Wow. And and I said, this is gonna work in any country, any culture at any time. And I said, it's an intuitive question. If you go up and say, what are the three questions to a follower? They can't give it to you. But when I give you the questions, you'll say, Yes, that's what followers ask. And the three questions are, Do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Wow. You know, the first one, do you do you care for me? That's all about your compassion, your heart. Great. Can you help me? It's all about your competence as a leader. Can, can I trust you? It's all about your character. Wow. And I, so I taught that and that day that triggered something in my mind. And, I, and here's why. I, here's why I'm going back to small groups in small groups. You best answer that question more than any other time. It's in a small group that you find out that people care for you, that they're yep. trustworthy and they can help you because we're all here. We're interacting. And so the magic of, of values training is in, in the small groups. So the book is all about how you can uh, take uh, uh, these, these values and have a table and, and share them, and and we all the materials totally free, and we're we're, we're starting a, a transformation movement. We literally have helped millions of people overseas, and now we're now we're coming to America, which we kind of need that, don't we? Here,
0: yeah, right. Wow. I mean, I love those three things. I've never heard anyone say that. I'm not to that part of the book, obviously, but um, I just yeah. absolutely love that uh, that concept, and the idea of a transformational table. Because I do believe that, that you need that small community, that group. You can be vulnerable. You can be authentic, which most leaders yeah. struggle with being authentic, being vulnerable, being, being uh, walking in humility. And I think that if you can start to get to that place where you're honest with yourself and honest with others, yeah. then you can start to grow and develop. It, it, it leads me to my second question. You've and, and you have been around...
1: Chad, as you get rid of that second question, Andrew, do me a favor. Uh, the, 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 I would like for his, the people who watch this program, we have a free values assessment test yes. that you could take that, where you just kind of check out. And so Andrew will find out how to get it. And later on, I'll just share with you that they can just go online and, and it takes about 20 minutes and, and they can get the we'll share values assessment.
0: I love okay, yeah, that. Okay. I'm question number 2. I'm sorry I interrupt you. No, I no, no, no. That's awesome. I I thank you for offering that. That's huge. Uh, I want to go through that assessment. So what what I was going to say it leads me to my to my second question which is you've been around some of the best leaders in the world. You you've been around some tables that most people listening to this podcast would go I would give anything to be a fly on the wall to that table. <laughs> What do great leaders have in common? When you get around them, what do you go, you know, I noticed this common thread in great leadership. It's a great question, Chad.
1: Um, I think regardless of time, culture, country, uh, the only thing that I can say that I think all leaders have in common is that all great leaders see uh, more than others see, and they see before others see. I just I they see a bigger picture. They really do. I'm not saying anything, and we're not talking about being smarter at all. We, they just they just see a bigger picture, and, and they see a picture quicker. They mm. they see it. They, uh, and and by the way, when I started 50 years ago as a leader, that before others see wasn't important at all. You just had to see more than others see. In fact, what's interesting, when people talk about leadership change over the years, when I started off, if you just saw more than others saw, even if you weren't quick, you would still be able to build something pretty big. Today, more is honestly being replaced with before. And and, and today it, it is who gets started first that, that almost always wins. And, and so they just do. So I tell people all the time, if you're in a group and. Everybody else sees the picture bigger than you, and they see it before you. Let me just share with you that, <laughs> that you're, not, uh, you're not
0: the leader of the pack, that's for sure. Wow. So so now, when you get around these tables, and you get around some of the best leaders in the whole world, and, and, and they're looking for you for values, they're looking to you for leadership, what is what is one of the main values? You go, you know, I'm I'm around this table. It's a transformational table. This is, you know, it's a blessing to be here. But I know there's some influence around this table. They might not get everything that I'm saying, but this one thing here, I know this is a big one, and this could really leader shift them into the next level.
1: Well, I love the question, Chad. It's not what I say; it's what I do. When you get into a room with leaders, uh, the room has got a lot of ego, uh, a lot of success. And, and I always say, there isn't always enough ego room to sit at the table, but there's enough servant room to sit at the table. Mm. So what I do is, before I help them or give them my one thing, whatever it is that will we'll take them to level, I just I just take what I, I just try to take a servant spirit toward them and 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 basically um, listen to them and and add value to where they are to to where they are and and I you know I you know there's always a rush at that type of a table for everybody to get their thoughts out and I'm usually the last one I, I I'm in no rush mm-hmm. let me tell you something a good thought works at the end, just as it works at the beginning. So, you know, why, why get in the traffic jam in the beginning to try to, 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 to get heard first when it wait till everybody's done and then everybody is, is ready to listen to you. So I just, I just really try to, to serve them. I was at a a table. uh, Well, I've been at some pretty good tables, but, but I was at a a table for, uh, I went on a trip with, um, uh, some very highly successful people for five days. And, uh, I, all I did, I, I mean, for the first, just ask questions. And when I found out where they were, I, I would maybe offer suggestions of how I could serve them or how I could help them. And, uh, it was truly magic. We were coming back from Europe on a, on a plane, you know, private plane, but we we're coming back. And, and by the time we were coming back, they were now asking me questions. And and, and and i just had so 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 it's it's not so much what i say but it it's 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 how i serve them now mm. when i want to talk to somebody in leadership i don't really want to know so much what they know although that would be very helpful i want to know what they're passionate about mm. so one of the things i ask when i'm in the room is i i share with them i ask them what, what are you passionate about right now what, what's mm-hmm. happening right now, that's just charging you up really big time. And, and, and let me share with you what I'm passionate about. And, and what I found is that the, um, the transference of ideas comes from uh, the energy of passion more than it comes from the uh, enlightenment of knowledge, and mm. so, so I'm I'm continually wanting to know what they're passionate about right now because that's that's where they're they're red hot, and it also tells me about the, you know, it's a great growth question because once in a while I ask somebody what they're passionate about, and and they're not passionate about anything, and and then I know they're 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 living off of yesterday, they're 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 clipping coupons on the past now, and 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 that tells me a lot about. How much time I really even want to be with them? Because I, I I really want to be with people that are learning something right now and and wow. and, and and are hot, you know. You know and, and you know the reason that we didn't like college is because our professors were teaching out of twenty-year-old notes, and 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 you know wow. we were kind of basically telling our professors why don't you go out and do something and come back and mm. tell us what you did, and mm. and get and, and get a little contagious, wow. and. Uh, so if if that makes sense, I try to serve them I love and that. I try to find out where their passion where their passion is because that that whatever that is, that's that's good that's gonna be where the where the
0: where the heat is for sure. That that is brilliant. I love that. One of the things I love about you, and I, I I've stolen this line from you, as so many of your quotes and maxims, axioms, truths, you know, just <laughs> I just feel like I just collect everything that you say. I'm still stuff that you've already said on this podcast. But one of my no, favorite I... lines that you say is want more for people than yeah. from people. From you people. Used the yeah. word servant leadership earlier and, and positioning yourself like a servant. That security, that confidence, that the, the idea is just as powerful at the end as it is the beginning. How have you been able to develop that servant leadership, I want more for you than from you kind of mindset? And wh- what is it about aspirational, ambitious leaders that negate them from the ability to serve and to add value. Because what I find about a lot of leaders is that they usually can't add value because they're so ambitious to be valuable themselves. Yeah, you're so spot
1: on, Chad. Again, I was in my 20s, and, and I went to Dayton, Ohio, sat on the front row, and I listened to Zig Ziglar talk. And that day he said something that just did a paradigm shift in my life. I was just a kid, but I was already going the wrong way as a leader. He's just said if you'll help people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. And mm-hmm. I mean it was like the light came on and I thought, "Oh, I've done this backwards. I'm asking people to help me all the time. Get on my team, join my team. You know, here's my train. Let, you know, here's where I'm going." And I was recruiting people to me. And, and, and all of a sudden I said, I've got this turned around. I I don't need to do that. I need to go put people first. Mm. And, and that, I, I I mean, I just did a pivot. You talk about a pivot in COVID-19. I I did a pivot. This would have been, again, this this would have been in the, in the 1970s. And and I said, I'm going to do that. I'm I'm going to intentionally add value to people. And what I didn't realize is, is, is what, uh, um, what an asset that was for me because people migrate to people that add value to them and and uh, in fact i've watched i've watched people rise up in a company not because they were so good in their own expertise but because they added value to the people that were going up and they said i got to have john with me i got to have i got to have come on chad you got to go with me i know what you do for me so amazing so I, I would go back to Zig and, and I said okay I'm just going to add value to people and I'm, I'm going to serve them first and of course when I went into the pastorate, that really was worked well but but I, I just I just under I just understood that um, that if you're patient now now let me just say mm-hmm. this ambition. Now, uh, Jim Collins in his book, I think it's good to great, I think is the one he talks about the, almost the, it seems like a dichotomy, the tension between um, uh, a forceful will and a humble heart. And and it almost doesn't seem that it should exist. But what I find is great leaders, they they are building a wall and they cannot come down. So they're very they're very much into passion of what they're building and growing, and so they're not going to get distracted by the the, the people who want to kind of get them off track. But they also have a real sense of of of, of, of a, a gratitude and appreciation for the people that they have around them that that have helped them. And when I turned forty, uh, and I did a kind of a you know a halftime assessment on my life. I was a little disappointed with where I was. And, and so I said, okay, let's reflect here. Why am I not exactly where I thought I would be? And I came to the conclusion uh, that uh, that I hadn't given the time, the the my best of my best effort and time to to my team, mm. and and that I hadn't really equipped and trained them and empowered them well. And it was, in fact, it was out of that time that I wrote the, the in the 21 Irreputable Laws of Leadership, where I wrote the law of the inner circle, those closest to you determine the level of your success. And so at that point I said, okay, that I'm, I'm going to give my best to, to the best and my team. And again, that has had a humongous return in my life. I, I'm 74 and I am surrounded by the best leaders, the best people. And, I, and I'm very grateful for that. And I, I, but I love I, you know what was Acusa's imposter said? Uh, uh, a leader takes the vision from me to we, mm. and and uh, uh, and the problem is that uh, egotistical leaders they take the vision or they take everything from we to me, and and, and um, when you stop loving your people, you should stop leading your people. Wow. I mean, there's a fine line Chad, between motivation and manipulation, just a fine line. I mean, it's so fine. Sometimes I don't even know when I cross it, mm. but I have crossed it. And, I'm, and when I cross it, I, what's sad is sometimes I don't even know I crossed it until afterwards. And then I feel ashamed because I think, okay, wow. today I led people, but I led them for my, see, manipulation is when I'd lead you for my advantage. And, and motivations when I lead you for your advantage, and and and, and, wow. and they're, they're they're worlds apart. And, and when, whenever I lack valuing people, I, I promise you, I'm a, I'm a screw up ready to happen. I the moment I I, I quit valuing people, uh, the question is, what are you doing for me? What are you doing for me? What are you doing for me? That's never a leader's question.
0: We you know we we wow
1: we we. we, we we never do that. We we lift our people. We that's always right. and that's we right. value them
0: always. I love that. I, I I mean you can't say it any better than that right there. And there's such a fine line between the motivation and the manipulation. And I always find that ambition, that aspirational leader, if it's not wrestled, if it's not tamed, if my motives are not worked out, I think that's why you need. A transformational table. You need some community. You need some checks and balances in your life to check that ego at the door, to remind yourself, oh yeah, leadership is not about me. Leadership mm-hmm. is all about others and adding value. And if there's fractures in me, I'm going to look for people to add value to me because there's there's emptiness there. But that's why it's so important that leadership starts with me, so I have something to give and I want to add. I believe I can Add value to others. Now, you talked about uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. That was my next question. The first book I ever read from you was Uh 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I'm 19 years old. I'm in Bible college. My father hands me this book, and I'm telling you I treated that thing like it was the Bible. I mean, I highlighted it and, you know, just took all the truths, now, and I've always wanted to ask you this question. You already mentioned the law of the inner circle, brilliant law. What is your favorite law of all the 21? Is it the law of inner circle, law of attraction? What would, If you go, man, this one right here, I could write a whole book. Maybe you did write a book about this law right here in leadership. It is just, this one's proven time and time again.
1: I've, I've asked, been asked that question a lot of times, Chad, and, and, and I, I say that the law of the lid is my favorite law. The law of the lid basically says how well you lead determines how well you succeed. It, and, and basically the law of the lid says if from a one to a 10, I'm an average leader, I'm a five, this is my lid. What it says is my business, my congregation will come under this, but cannot go anywhere. The, the, my leadership is the lid on my potential. And I love that law because you, what, what I teach is that you can, you can lift your lid. You, you, mm. you don't have to stay a five. You want to you yeah. become a six or seven. And, and by the way, every time I, I lift my leadership lid, look what happens to my organization. It just, it automatically f- fills the neck that gap. I think I like that law maybe the best only because that's the reason to learn the other 20. If you understand that your leadership lit is going to determine how well you succeed in life, then you certainly will get that passion to, um, to A funny story, funny story. I, uh, I I was lecturing on the book many, many years ago and, and a guy came up to me and uh, I'm signing books. And he said, you know, he, so I'm signing his book. He said, you know, John, he said, I, I disagree with one of your laws. And I said, that's okay. (laughs) So I signed the book and handed it back to him. But he didn't move. He said, I don't think you heard me. He said, I I disagree with one of the laws. And I I said, that's that's okay. That's okay. And and, and so it was that moment that I realized that although it was okay with me that he disagreed with one of the laws, it wasn't okay with him that it was okay with me. And and, and, and so I stopped. (laughs) I said, look, I said, it's just very simple. My name's John. I'm your friend. It is very simple. I didn't write the book to make you happy. I wrote the book to help you. You know, I'm a leader, not a clown, and 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 it's like somebody says, well, you know, I disagree with the law of gravity. Well, it's okay, it's, it's all right. You just go to a four-story building and jump off. You'll buy into that law real quick. You see, the laws don't really ask you; they just don't really wow. ask you if you agree with them or not. They, they just, they wow. just, they just work. And, and I spent two years with uh, working it to 21 laws. And I put it through the grid of time. It, it, it That law had to work regardless of the time. It had to regardless, work regardless of culture. It had to mm. regar, work regardless uh, uh, of gender. I mean, I had a whole grid. I think at one time I had like, uh, you know, 58 of them. And I just kept reducing them down to, you wow. know, the, to, to 21 laws. And then I had a guy, Chad, one time he comes up to me. I mean, I'm teaching on 21 laws. <laughs> ha! And he comes. He comes up to me. He's just a kid. He's just passionate. I loved his passion. He's a great kid. He, and he just kind of leans into He said, okay. He said, I got this leadership stuff. I got it. I got it. He said, now, he said, what's the one thing I need to know about leadership? And I've just finished the 21 loss. And so I, I looked at. Him, I thought I got to match his energy. So I leaned into him. I said, "Well, the one thing you need to know about leadership—it's there. There's more than one thing you need to know about leadership. There are 21. <laughs> Excuse me. And you know, of course, we have a big laugh about it. But that's why leadership has to be—it's a process. It's, it's yes." Um, it's it, It's not a book. Yes. It's not an event. It's 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 not even a podcast. It's it's uh, it's all this layered experiencing and That's learning, it. practicing leadership. That you know, sometimes people say, "Well, where did you get all of your answers?" Life. I got them
0: out of life. I, you know, it's you know, lead lead for fifty years, and you'll be pretty smart too. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Reading and you know, I, I'll never forget this summer when we were having a dinner in Miami with you and Rich and I and a f- few of our friends and. And the team had sent you a recent uh, YouTube or a recent interview, and you said, you know, the team sends me stuff, you know, things that they they think I should be watching or listening to. And I love that about you, that every day you write, every day you're receiving, because leadership is such a process. We We call this podcast Leadership Lean In because we understand, by the way, no. you know, like Beyonce has the beehive. The Leadership Lean In Podcast. We're we're the leaners, okay? So we just I lean in. I we just because I because I believe this out of John fifteen, a biblical truth. Whatever you lean into, it leans back into you. So if that. I, so th- this is this is Solomon, put it around your neck, man. It's calling out in the streets, so we're leaning into leadership, and we know that leadership truths and principles will lean back into our life. But I love what you're saying because you know, it's, 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 it's not one thing, it's 21 things, which leads me to my next question. What is the one thing I need to know that I don't know? What's one thing, at I'm 41, I've got four kids and one minivan. Dr. John (laughs) Maxwell, okay? I have four children, one church, one minivan, one wife. We are in Los Angeles, California. On the podcast, The Leaners, what's one thing we need to know right now that we don't?
1: The the one thing you need to know is the, the compounding of consistency. Um. I never could have imagined my life would turn out as it has. I, I couldn't do, Chad, a goal setting seminar with integrity at all. I, I would just have to tell people, no, I, I you know, have I set goals? Yes. But it, am I where I set my goals? No, not really. It's, it's been so much more. And, and so I asked myself, why is it more? And I come to the conclusion that the, the consistency compounds, you know, I, I was in a room with leaders. And in fact, the CEO of Random House recently shared with me that I've written more leadership material than any person's ever lived in the history of the world. And, and, and Chad, I, I looked at him and, and I said, you have gotta be kidding me, you, you have got to be kidding me. No, no, he said, we've done research on you. You have written more, on le- there's not a man has ever lived in the history of this world, billions of people that have written as so much on leadership as you have. Jeez. And I looked at there, I said, how how did I get here? How, I mean, I never wanted, in fact, when I wrote my first book, it was so exhausting and I was so terrible at it that I said, <laughs> thank God I've written my book, that's over. Now I can get back to life. I, I mean, I thought I'm a one book man, I, you know, and that was not any good. So, it, uh, you know, so I'll kind of hide that one. I, I had no idea. And, and what I would tell young leaders, people like you at, at 40, did you say Chad? You're 42. 41. 41. What what I would tell what I would tell you is that find your calling, find your giftedness, and stay in that lane. Stay in that lane. Uh, 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 do, do, you you don't have to know a lot of things. You don't have to do a, a lot of things. Uh, be a, Be up. You know, Paul said this one thing I do. He didn't say these forty things I dabbled in. And and, and, and so I I've I've always been very committed to to stay in my strength zone and to stay in my, mm. in, in in the area of, of my calling and my giftedness. And little did I know, little did I know that the return would be this big. And so what I, I tell young leaders, that, well, it's the Tyler Perry conversation that, that we, I had with him when, when, when we both agreed after our conversation that when you can afford to quit, you can't afford to quit. and, wow. and, 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 um, so, so right now you're, you're, you, this is you Chad and, and so you sit there and you could say well you know i I see a little growth but what you don't see you don't see this you, you 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 see this but you don't see this but and you'll never see this if you don't stay on this you'll never mm. will see it you'll know but but then all of a sudden one day one day it it hits you look what look what I've accomplished in it and that's extremely Humbling. I, I tell people in the beginning, you're 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 never as bad as people think you are in the the beginning. But if you do it right, you're never as good as people think you are in the end. Wow. And when people talk about to me and talk about how wonderful I am, I, I look. I'm say, not really. I you know, mm. I'm just consistent. I've just tried to help people. I, so here's what I say: be consistent in your um mm. in your strengths in your in in, in what you do well, and, and then. Value people. I can promise you, you show me a person that stops valuing people, and I'll show you a person that's in deep weeds. I promise you, they're in deep weeds. the The moment the value, the moment that the, we lose, and, and I, I mean, I value everybody. I value people wow. that I don't. I value people I don't understand. I value people that don't have my values. It doesn't Great. matter. And people said to me that they said, "I think that's a little hypocritical." You say you value everyone. You said you don't even know everyone. I said, "I know I don't know everyone, but I know the God who created them." And if he values you, it's good enough for me that I'll value you. Yeah, that, that's right. That, that's all I need.
0: So I love if that. you
1: just really value people, that's the only reason to lead anyway. And mm-hmm. if you stay consistent, boy, it just seems like that'll get you where you want to go,
0: hopefully. That is, that is so well said. The consistency of that, the compound interest of that. And when you start, when you put your hand like this and you showed me the trajectory of what p- potentially could happen. One of the things that stood out to me was, okay, when you did that, I love that bad, good ending thought that you you gave there, what kept you motivated? All these decades, what if you're forty going? I don't like the way things, you know. When you took your assessment at forty, and I don't like the, you know, where we are. What kept you motivated? How did you stay disciplined? How did you stay inspired? What are think What are habits that I need in my life to ensure this will be the trajectory that I stay on?
1: Well, yeah, people say that I'm very disciplined, but I don't think that's true at all. In fact, just look at my body and you can tell it's not that disciplined. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it just cracks me up. It, it, you see, here's the issue. Um, what keeps me in the game is anticipation. Um, you know, I, I, you know people, wow. I can up figured I got up this morning about 5, 10, and, you know, started writing. And people say, well, you just, it must be a, no, no, I'm not. I don't set an alarm. I just, I just wake up and I think if I'll stick I'll put on my rope and I'll go downstairs and I get my legal pad and my four color pen, I'll start writing something that someday somebody's going to read and it's going to make a difference in their life. Wow. It's, it's, antici- if you were in sales and you anticipated that the person you were going to ask for the, for the, the commitment, if you anticipated, they were going to say yes. You, you couldn't stop asking for commitments you you would just you, you you wouldn't even go home for dinner because oh my gosh there's I I, I you, you see it's the anticipation mm. of helping people and making a difference that keeps me in the game just as if I anticipate that nobody that I'm helping no one then then why you know then I then I lose all my heart to mm. to do this work so right. what you know for example, right now, a lot of pastors are discouraged because they don't even know how to count their church. They don't even know what they got anymore. I mean, they've lost their they've lost their metrics, et cetera. And I and I tell people, you know, pastors, you, is that why you're in the game? Is it? I mean, that's a mm. kind of a finite little model you got that's not too hot. I mean, right. are you not in the game for life change and adding value mm. and transformation? And are people lives are they being changed? And, and if the answer is yes. Then stay in the game, you know. Hmm. And now if the answer is no, then I then I think you've got other issues you gotta deal with. But but the it's the anticipation. And and I can tell you at 74, my anticipation is greater than it was at 54. Wow. It, it, it really is. And I know it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. And so I ask myself, why is it that way? And it's because I've just seen so many people's lives change. It, not only does, does consistency compound, but I believe passion compounds and mission compounds when you're in that sweet spot. You know, I mean, I think Caleb says, give me the mountain. I'm 80. Give me that mountain. And, and Caleb, why do you want that mountain? Because I, 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 I anticipate great things in the, in the promised land. So yeah, it's, I, amazing. I, it's, it's sad for me when leaders don't anticipate good things for their, their people. That's it. I, that's, just, that's just a little sad for me.
0: That word right there, anticipation, Yeah, that is that spoke to me right when you said yeah. it. I go, that's it. That keeps me up. That's I resonate there. And everybody yeah. that's listening to this podcast, what drives you to read and write and study and go to the conference and fill in the blank? It's anticipation. There's more. That's how you can see it. That's how you can believe it. It's just living a life of what's next, not reading your own press clippings, not being so impressed with what you've done. You know, I always find the leader that's always telling me about what they've accomplished. I would just know it's the hourglass is ticking. You checked out because you're so enamored with the past. Great leaders, they just, you have to remind, I have to remind you of the books that you wrote. Dr. John Maxwell, I have to remind you of the impact because you're anticipating, and that's what keeps you getting up early in the morning.
1: Chad, if what I did five years ago still excites me, I'm in trouble.
0: Whew. That's it. That's it. I'm in trouble. And just
1: I'm excited. I'm excited about tomorrow. I'm I, I mean, okay. That was good.
0: Yeah, good. Thank. Yay. Thanks. Now, yeah. Yeah. That's I, it. I never leave something. I always go to something. That's right. I got yeah. two books right now. I'm working on. I'm. It's getting me up in the morning. It's. It's my material that I I'm that, that I'm focused geez. on right now.
1: I'm waiting for you to get them out so we can read them. It, we, the only reason we're not better is you're not getting your books out quick enough. So
0: I love what you said about change your world. My favorite book is is the book I just wrote. It's the best book yeah, I just was the one I just worked on. Okay, last yeah, question because I I want to be okay. very sensitive and respectful to your time. Again, on behalf of everybody that's listening, we are so grateful for you, grateful for your life. I want to end with this question, because I think out of COVID-19, many leaders faced what they felt like was failure. Now, the whole world shut down, so there's a ton of loss. Momentum of business, momentum of, you know, you mentioned pastors already, momentum of ministry, fill in the blank. There was a significant amount of loss. One of my favorite books that I've ever read from you was Failing Forward. How do we move forward out of what felt like failure in 2020? How do we get up out of the rubble and and, and charge ahead and dust off. I think most leaders are not afraid of failure; they're afraid of the identity of failure. How do we wash that off of our identity?
1: You know, I'm a big Winston Churchill fan, and uh, every time I go to London, I go to his bunker. I, I mean, I could, I could, I could lead a tour in his bunker. I know it so well. And and one of the things I love about Winston Churchill is during the war, of course, London was getting bombed repeatedly is wherever they were bombed in the night, Winston Churchill would have his people take him to that site it, 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 as, as soon as the day was breaking. He would be on the site and he would be walking among the rubble. And, and basically what he was telling the people of London is, yep, these, these buildings are broken and burned and, and lost, but I'm here and we're not lost. And we still have hope and we're still alive. And and it was so interesting. Winston Churchill would run to the rubble. He would run to the problem. He would run to, to the failures. He would run to the devastation. He could Mm. hardly wait to get there because he wanted to be identified as the leader that was going to give them hope. The the background is broken buildings, but I'm smoking a cigar and I'm walking into your life and I'm just saying, I'm here and we will make it and we will defeat Nazism. And, 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 That's that's leadership. So, you know, we talk about being identified with failure. He ran to it every day and said, wow, this is how I connect with my people. I connect with my people by saying, I see the problem. I'm in them. I'm walking. I got the problem all around me, but the problem is not on me. We're still going to make it. We're still going. We're going to rise and and, and meet the challenge. And I think mm. that in, in COVID, I, I you know I think that honestly, you know, cr- a crisis doesn't make you; it just reveals you. That's it. And 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 and, and I I think honestly that um, COVID separated the players from the pretenders. You see, I don't mind being identified with failure as long as I'm leading with hope. I I, I mean th- there are a numerous amount of losses I have to take. And setbacks I have to take before I get to my destination. Who said it's all forward steps? It doesn't right. bother me at all to say, yeah, we, we, we backed up a few steps today, but guess what? I'm still taking steps. That's I, right. I'm, I'm back in the game. You know, it's, it's like my friend one time said, I'm never down. He said, I'm either up or getting up. And, and I think mm. that's leadership right there. You know, I'm, I'm not down. It, do I like wow. what's happening? No. Do I understand what's happening? No. Do, do I know what's going to end? No. 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 Okay. Now that we're done with that, I'm still in the game. I'm showing up. I'm smiling. Take a picture. Come on. Let's, kick, let's, let's stay,
0: with, wow. stay with me. I love that. I love that. I'm either up or getting up. That is a great line. Well, again, I, I say this in the most uh, sincere way. I'm grateful that they did all that research to discover that you have written more leadership content than anyone in the history of the world. Thank you for anticipating what is to come for your life. We are all better because of it. And yeah. you adding value to us helps us add value to others. So yeah, thank you for your time great. and I honor you today.
1: Thank you, Chad. All that material, all that means is you, you, to have that much material, you just have to be old. So
0: it's, <laughs> well, I love day. you. And and I and I hope to, we're going to tee it up soon. Somewhere oh, in the world, we're going to tee it up.
1: Chad, it's your job to find me. And when we find, you find me, <laughs> You'll find me. We'll cheer it up, buddy, okay?
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Love you so much. Oh, was that not amazing? Hey, make sure that you check out the link that we're putting right here on the subscription to take that assessment test that he talked about in the in the podcast. We love you. We are off for a month. The month of April, we are off. We will be recording some content, but we will not be airing the content until season two starts. Make sure, again, that you like and subscribe and share. It means the world when you share Leadership Leaning, the podcast. We love you. Let's keep leaning in and growing, and like Dr. John Maxwell said, anticipating the great things to come. We love you. We'll see you next season.